Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are a new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. How are we doing? Pack show, lot going on. Breaking news today that we will dive into right off the top with a quarterback in Cleveland that goes by the name of Deshaun Watson. A lot of other stuff going on around the league. Russell Wilson saw something. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Flacco, USC and UCLA, that Big Ten deal. Signed, sealed, delivered. Over a billion dollars a year. Uh, some some takes and some thoughts there. As well as, you know, the, we will uh, we'll do the mailbag come out this weekend. If you were the Vikings fan that fired into my DM uh, recently, said you were a new listener of the show and had a question, I was, I you know, I get so many DMs that I have to manually go through some of them. I can't answer them all here on the show. And I was going to manually answer your question, like just shoot back a text. I deleted it. M- my fault. My bad. Uh, so if that was you, you know, you didn't get a response from me, please resend your question. Uh, I-, I screwed up. I got to wear that one. My bad. Now, Mike Malone, the coach of the Denver Nuggets, once said when he was the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, my bads get your ass kicked. True. You know, you don't want to be saying my bad too often, but that one's on me. Uh, as well as if you listen on Colin's feed, subscribe to the Three and Out podcast. Greatly appreciate it. We got a lot of new listeners. The volume's crushing it. Colin just signed this dominant Madden player uh, on Twitch and YouTube. So, you know, it's a progressive business leader. Colin is, is not one to rest on his laurels. This guy's always thinking ahead. Building a behemoth. Draymond, Richard Sherman, Madden players. Just lucky to be here. I'll tell you that much. Uh, and football season's here. This is the time of year, so it's it's time to shine. You know, let's let's put that. Let's get our whistles, get the pigskin, start playing some ball. And one guy that's not going to be playing much ball. Yeah, you like that transition? I listen. I've said my piece on this. I have said over and over that I thought he should be suspended for a season. So it doesn't do me any good to be like, this is bad, this is wrong, this is right. Like I, I, We've talked about it over and over and over. To be honest with you, my number one reaction when I hear the words Deshaun Watson, 
or I guess the name Deshaun Watson, is I'm exhausted. This thing has been going on for a long time. It is just a tiring story. I'm ready for him just to go away. You know, I mean, last year, technically, he wasn't playing, but he was always kind of in the ecosystem of people talking about him. Now, he's only going away for 11 games, and the Cleveland Browns have been adamant reports that they're not going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I was thinking about this, is that the NFL takes so much heat in these situations. It's the, They're so polarizing, and rightfully so. Anytime, listen, it's it gets polarizing when it's a guy and a girl in these situations. One-on-one, right? Zeke in his situation. Which my take on that, many of you probably weren't listening at the time, was I feel very uncomfortable in one-on-one situations. Only two humans alive know what happens. No one knows. So the judicial system... Like, it's on them more than Roger Goodell. But this situation to me, like to use the Zeke example, felt completely different because of the quantity of girls. We have never seen anything like this. It was insane. It was one after another after another. And he's admitting to being around them all, spending time with them all, and getting massages from them all. Like, it was just a red flag situation. Now, ultimately, everyone blames the NFL. Roger Goodell, he's an idiot. They're dropping the ball. The NFL did not create the situation. Hell, they even created a mechanism so they didn't have to get their, you know, to to decide on this, right? They got an independent arbitrator. They gave it to someone else, hoping that it would kind of just separate them from these decisions and not take the heat. There were only two groups of people supporting this guy. The NFL was not. They were trying to, to levy a penalty, let's face it, higher than what he got. But it eventually got to the point where they're fighting the NFLPA. Like, there are two people or two groups of people. One's an individual, and the other is a group that, that are on his side. The NFL was not on Deshaun Watson's side. They were the one going after him. I think sometimes we forget that. And we get so mad. It's like, you know when you get really mad over something when you're like a kid, and then you get you scream at your parents, even though your parents had nothing to do, do with it? I'm sure it happens if, you, if you're married or whatever. Something happens at work. You get mad about something. You take it out on your wife or your girlfriend or like a close friend and they just had nothing to do with it because you're just like so caught up in anger and that's what happens if you go to social media. Everyone's like, Roger Goodell, complete scumbags. Like, what did he do? This is Deshaun Watson. The group that defended him was David Mulgetta, his agent, who's still tweeting about it, who does not shut up on Twitter defending the guy, and the NFLPA. And listen, I'm not a union guy. Never been in a union. I understand why people are in unions and why there is a players union, but let's just call it what it is. The players union job, whether they're right or wrong with the client, is to go to war for that guy. The players union was the one going after the NFL to try to diminish whatever punishment they were going to give. It was Mulgetta, the agent, and the players union. That's who everyone should be angry, angry at. They're the ones jumping in front of Deshaun Watson, who said today, you know, I have no clue the PR situation with this. In what world, once the punishment is set and you come out with a statement, do you put Deshaun Watson in front of a microphone? We have seen him talk about this over and over and over. And every single time you're like, bro, stop talking. And today he's like, you know, he would not say that he was wrong because he believes he's innocent. And the reason he keeps apologizing is because a lot of people were triggered. It's like, what, what, what are we doing here? And it's just classic Jimmy Haslam. This whole thing with Jimmy Haslam since he's owned the team has been a complete shit show. Everything always starts at the top. And the Browns have always dealt with these things since he's owned the team. And this situation's not necessarily going away because you don't shake something like this. Roethlisberger was, we were using terms, not myself, I mean, I, I I guess I probably used them too, but people were talking about him, about the Tahoe incident for a decade plus. Hell, if you meet someone right now at a bar, it still comes up. You don't shake something like this. And an organization like the, and that's the Steelers. The Browns clearly are the complete opposite and never handle these situations seamlessly. And this is a, it's impossible to do that when you're talking about you know, two dozen women who are saying that, yeah, some shady shit happened. And he's just, no, we just had consensual sex. Nothing happens. Like, well, if it was one person, I would be like, yeah, I I feel very uncomfortable making a judgment either way. You get 24 people. I mean, give me a break. 
Have you ever been in a situation with 10 people? You can't get everyone to get on the same page. 24? Something doesn't add up here. I think, I think we all agree with that. Something doesn't add up. And the only people defending him were the union. You'd be like, well, that's their job. Well, still, their job gets a little shady when they got to do stuff like this. And his agent, who has, let's, I mean, he's going to profit. But let's just say he gets 1%. We'll do the math. What's 1% of $230 million? Last I checked, it's a lot. So everyone has financial incentives here. You know the you know the person that doesn't have financial incentives, the league. They had one of their best financial years ever in 2021. Deshaun Watson didn't play a snap. If Deshaun Watson disappeared tomorrow, no one would notice except Deshaun Watson and his agent that wants that percentage, wants that cut in the Browns because they'd have no quarterback. But I guess technically they don't now. But just an exhausting story. Uh, but I, I think a lot of times people take their anger out on the wrong people. Start screaming at the NFL PA or his, his agent. They're the ones defending the guy. Roger and the NFL, who, let's face it, have done a lot of dumb things over the years. Like, I, I, I this has nothing to do with them. Uh, let's get into something a little more positive. God, I'm just, I, I'm just so tired of talking about this on Watson. Aaron Rodgers. And I wouldn't say he made some waves, but anytime he talks... Uh, he's one of the most famous people in America when it comes to American sports. He's obviously one of the more polarizing players. He's definitely one of the best players. Uh, it's just the perfect combination. Polarization, talent, major franchise. What's weird is the Packers obviously are small uh, in terms of the quantity of like the city they play in. It's very small. But in terms of their brand nationally, massive. So he's a starting quarterback for a massive brand. Uh, and he's really famous and really good. Perfect combination to just everything he says, we talk about. It happens like with LeBron, with Steph Curry, with Tom Brady, Tiger Woods. I mean, there's a small amount of athletes that kind of get that treatment. And the Green Bay Packers have been doing joint practices, as a lot of teams have done this week, right? Typically the second and even sometimes the third preseason game, you joint practice like twice. And I, I've I've been to one in my life. I've been to a couple, actually. And they're way better than a normal NFL practice, right? You get to go against people in other jerseys, even though you run the practice like you would a normal practice without the other team. It's not like a game. You still do individual periods. You still do seven on seven. You still do O-line, D-line. You still do pass rush stuff. But you're just two teams. It's, it's pretty cool. And clearly, the receivers in the game, you know, I, I don't know if he was specifically in Aaron Rodgers' comments, which I want to read here in a second, like, Jordan Love was throwing some bad picks. He, I mean, he made a couple terrible throws. Jordan Love might just not be it. And I said last week on the podcast, Jordan Love had a lot on the line. You know, and I tweeted out, like, his first couple drives. I'm like, God, he looks pretty good. But as the game went, it looked worse. And obviously, as the game went on, you're playing second strings and third stringers, not like the 49ers starting defense. So but I think it's safe to say that Jordan Love is probably is what he is. You know, a backup quarterback. And uh, if they could get a do-over on that one, they would. But with Devontae Adams leaving, the Green Bay Packers need guys that we haven't really heard of to make plays, right? Obviously, they have Randall Cobb. They added Sammy Watkins and, and Lazard. But they drafted multiple wide receivers. And they're going to need those guys, 100%. There is no way around it. They're going to need those guys to function. Though, I'll give Gudikins and just and LaFleur, like their vision for this team, they have built it around the defense and the running game. Now, they have a great quarterback, so you can play with random wide receivers and still look good, but you still need them to get open and to catch the football. And I'm pretty sure that the first practice did not go great in terms of the wide receivers. And Aaron Rodgers came out at his locker uh, and made some comments. Here's what he said. The young guys, especially young receivers, we've got to get way more consistent. A lot of drops, a lot of bad route decisions running the wrong route. We've got to get better in that area. And he basically just said that if these guys, if young guys do not catch the ball, they won't play. He talked like a coach. And former players are all over television and social media and everyone had a different take. And I saw a lot of former players that Hall of Fame level guys saying, you know, kind of crosses the line. And I got to be honest, I loved his comments. When I pay you $50 million, right? If I just pay you $40,000 and you're the lowest level guy in my construction operation and I just bring you to construction sites and you sweep and you pick up trash and you carry some wood around. 
my expectations are for for you are pretty low. I, I don't have high expectations when you're the lowest guy in the totem pole. I want you to do the bare minimum because I'm not paying you much. Now, ideally, I get an overachiever, but if I don't, whatever. I'm not paying you much. But when you're the highest compensated guy in the building, whether it's a CEO, whether you're like FS1 and it's Coward, whether you're an NFL team and it's Aaron Rodgers, my expectation for you is really high. When I pay you a lot of money, I expect a lot. And I think first and foremost is to produce, right? Number one thing in America, in capitalism, when I pay you a premium, I expect you to produce a premium. And Rodgers does. MVPs, touchdowns, star. But I think you'd like a little more, especially with the quarterback, right? You want him to be a good guy, not get in trouble. And most of all, when you're talking about a team sport, maybe sometimes not in a company, but in a team sport, you want them to be a leader, and especially at quarterback. And to me, when I'm paying a guy $50 million, which he makes now, I kind of like this. Like, your, your time is now. The, the Packers aren't doing some reboot. They're not doing some rebuild. They have won 13 games three straight years. You know what their expectations is this season? Is to win 12 to 14 games. And the only way to do that, even if their defense is awesome and their run game kicks ass, which it should because they got two stud running backs, and if their offensive line gets healthy, they're going to be able to run the ball. They have one of the best quarterbacks ever in the peak of his powers. They just need their wide receivers to be functional. And clearly Rodgers goes, yeah, we're not even close to that right now. So if you are him, you need to hold those guys accountable. You need to hold them to that standard. And I have no problem with him calling them out. Isn't one thing that Rodgers has taken a lot of heat for over the years for being kind of passive-aggressive, not getting on guys? Well, now he's doing it. And even he's talked about, I'm freed up just with the ayahuasca. You know, my, my headspace is clear. Like, he's trying to win, and he's trying to win big. And he has no problem propping guys up when they play well. Devontae Adams, last year when he became, uh, last several years when he just became a superstar, Aaron Rodgers, who played with Charles Woodson, said that by far, Devontae Adams was the best player he's ever played with. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is negative Nancy all the time. He props guys up, and he has the last several years. So these guys aren't getting it done. This is a bottom line league. This is a production-based league. You either get it done or you get removed. You either make plays or you sit on the bench or get cut. This is not Twitter where we try to be nice and massage everyone's fucking ego here. So I not only like Rodgers saying this, I loved it. It was fantastic. This is what everyone's wanted him to do. And ultimately, if you're the Packers, you need him to do this. He needs to be the guy holding everyone to the highest standard. So no problems with the comments. I don't think he just pulled this out of his you-know-what. Clearly, they were not getting the job done. And then what happened the next day? They met quarterbacks, position coaches, and the wide receivers. And Rodgers' resume speaks for itself. You know, when Steph Curry tells a young guy to do something, whether it's publicly or behind the scenes, he's not just doing that for shits and giggles. He's not just doing that for his health. He's doing that because he wants to win. This this league's about winning. And let's face it, Rodgers kind of, for a guy that has accomplished so much, the four MVP, Super Bowl champion, feels like he's missing, like, I always said this about Peyton Manning. He was too good to only have one Super Bowl. And ironically, he won the second Super Bowl when he was at his worst, but when the dust settles and we look back and Peyton's 60 years old, we'll go, that guy went to four, one, two, and it feels better. I think the same thing about Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers, I've been watching sports my entire life for in, in my from like 10 on that I can remember. He's one of the best players, baseball, basketball, football, tennis, golf, anything you want us to talk about we've ever seen. He's too good to only win the one. But for him to get another one, they're going to need some guys to step up. And I, I liked his comments. The NFL Week 1 odds are out, and now's the time to try FanDuel Sportsbook if you haven't already. Get in on the action early this season. Right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Here's what I know. I like two games right off the bat. Matt Stafford talked about this on the podcast. Elbow's a little messed up. I like the Bills Week 1. lot to prove. Coming off that devastating loss to the Chiefs, I think they start fast. Here's another matchup. Bears-Niners. I think the Bears are going to be awful. I like the Niners to destroy the Bears. I would take the 49ers minus 10. There's no double-digit number you give me where I wouldn't feel good. Niners to cover, Bills to win. 
Just sign up using the promo code Colin. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code Colin to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code Colin. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan, one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get to another quarterback. And one thing that differentiates football, I think, from the other sports is that football is the one sport where players consistently get yelled at. Like in baseball, coaches aren't yelling at anyone. Most coaches, 
like the average major league baseball manager now, I, I would guess makes under a million dollars. The majority of coaches on a baseball staff, hitting coaches, pitching coaches, just some random staff, make no money. They have no juice. No one is getting yelled at. When you go back to like clips in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s of Jim Leland screaming at Barry Bonds at spring training and and just some of the old, like that is never happening anymore, ever. Basketball, very rarely. Role players might get chastised, but no, you know, $20 million player and up and definitely no all-stars ever get talked to down from a coach. Like Steve Kerr yells at Draymond, Draymond screams right back at him. It's just different culture. Football is the one sport where literally every article and book and player that ever spoke about the Patriots culture always said the thing that made the Patriots so unique was that Tom Brady got coached just like he was the 53rd guy in the roster. Belichick could light him up. Now, ultimately pissed him off at the end. But for 20 years, when they were kicking everyone's butt, that's how he got treated. And if you've ever been to a high school practice, uh, Alabama, Ohio State practice, or an NFL practice, guys are getting yelled at left and right. O-line, D-line coaches, wide receiver coaches, head coaches. That's the nature of the hierarchy of the sport. That's just how it works. And guys are used to it. Why? Because most guys in the sport of football want to be coached. And most coaches are trying to help these guys out. And I'm not talking about belittling them. If you watch Hard Knocks, you saw Deuce Staley. They're just trying to get the best out of the guys. And the sport of football, and I'm I'm not talking about Vince Lombardi or Bill Parsons. I'm just talking about loud voices screaming at guys to do something in a healthy way. And it's just part of the way football works. Now, I think some of these athletes in football, specifically Russell Wilson's a good example, who see guys like LeBron go, I want to be like that. And Russell Wilson, who sat down with Peter King, told him this about the Denver Broncos. It's the ownership of the players owning our own offense. Not that weird, Wilson told Peter King on his latest Football in America podcast. This has to be a player-ran kind of team. Coach Hackett gives us the keys to that. Then Peter went on to say that's a significant difference from Seattle. One of the tangible items of evidence that helped create the sense that Wilson and the Seahawks would inevitably divorce came from a February 2021 report by The Athletic that Wilson had stormed out of a room after his ideas for getting the team's offense out of a late-season funk were rejected. Then an unnamed source told Peter King this, Coach and Russell are not coach-player. They are partners. Let me pump the brakes there. And let me not just pump the brakes because they believe that, and I do believe that's what's happening right now in Denver, that Russell Wilson gets the keys of the castle. Now, a lot of times, whether you're a quarterback or whether you're an employee or whether you're you know someone in any line of work, when you go to another place and they pay you a lot of money, they want you to come, they steal you away from that organization, you get a lot more juice than you had at the previous organization, right? When Coward went to Fox Sports 1, he had a lot of juice because he had earned it, the equity and stuff, the ability to create the volume. He's done a ton of stuff that ESPN never would allow him to do. Why? Because he had a lot of bargaining power when he went to Fox Sports 1. It's been well worth it. It has obviously worked out for all parties. And it's no different in any, you know, you steal a CEO, they, they just get a lot more juice. Happened when Peyton Manning went to the Broncos. It happened when Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It happens in business. It happens in sports. So I'm not saying that this is that weird. And ultimately, even if you look at younger players, Andy Reid does not always tell Patrick Mahomes what to do 24-7, 365. Now, when he calls a play, Patrick Mahomes is going to run that play. But clearly, Patrick goes to him with ideas no different than Brady did in New England. They, You are ultimately, as a play caller or as a head coach, you are in business with your players, especially your star quarterback. You need them. So you're constantly working together. But there is always a hierarchy. 
That is just the way it works. And I think Russell Wilson views himself as Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. And what those guys had that no one could ever dispute is they can just take over a game from the pocket. And one theory I had why Russell Wilson, a lot of people pushed back when I called him chubby, even though earlier this season, or I mean in the offseason, he looked a little chubby. You know, listen, as a guy that can be chubby, when you're chubby, you, you can make comments about other people's chubbiness. When you're a skinny guy, no one wants to hear you make fun of us chubby people. Just like I can make fun of other bald people. Well, if you got a great head of hair, I don't want to hear from you. But bald people are allowed to make fun of other bald people. It's the way it works. And so Russell Wilson, is there a chance? Because a lot of people that thought like I was being a little harsh or even Bronco fans that just thought he put on a lot of muscle. And then it kind of hit me. He just views himself as a pocket court. Like the running, the running is over. Russell Wilson wants to drop back 40 times a game and sling it. Now, I've watched Russell Wilson's career very, very closely. You know, been to a ton of his games against the 49ers. Seen him play live four or five times. Uh, I, you know, just because I live on the West Coast, we get a lot of random like Seattle games. <clears throat> it was the Niners aren't TV, aren't on TV like 10 a.m. if they're on the East Coast. I, I've seen 70% of Russell Wilson's games in Seattle, especially on all of his good teams. And he is a fantastic player. I think he's a first bout Hall of Famer. But I don't think he is just built, and part of it is just his size, to just throw it 45 times a game, 17 times a year. Now, I believe that's what he believes. And clearly, their coach, you know, no one was going to hire Nate Hackett to be their head coach. And I've said over and over, rooting for the guy, UC Davis, uh, bald guy as well. But I got this situation red flagged. Do you know what this reminds me of? Remember last year when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving talked about Steve Nash, who they now hate? They said, we don't view him as a coach. We view it as like a collaboration with us all. We're all in this together. It might have just been Kyrie that said that. That's what this kind of feels like. And part of football is collaborating, especially with your quarterback. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick met multiple times a week for two decades. So I'm not against like having a collaborative ideas and telling what you see. You should do that. But is Russell Wilson the guy running this show? Is he the guy telling you what to do? Because that situation is a little scary. Because one thing that clearly bothered him in Seattle is they just didn't let him cook. They didn't let him cook. They didn't let him cook. And at the end of games, he'd have to pull stuff out of his behind. Now, I just question if he's equipped to just throw the ball nonstop all game long. Now, they have a really good offensive line. They have some weapons. But I think that's what Russell wants. And he wants to tell you what to do. He wants to be LeBron James. And that's just not typically how football works. Patrick Mahomes is coached. Josh Allen is coached. Matt Stafford was pushed and coached by Sean McVay. That's, that's, how, that's how the football works, right? And I, I just wonder this situation, if everything is going well, no problem. It, it's easy when things are going well. What happens if a little adversity hits? You know, what happens if, you know, Nate Hackett just drops, you know, that was Russell's idea. That was something that he had brought. And then all of a sudden, he's throwing Russell under the bus, even though it was Russell's idea. You just, you know, his first time head coach, you, you just never know. I, I just got this situation. I'm not arguing that they have talent on their team, but they have a quarterback who we can talk shit all we want about Pete Carroll's situation right now, and it looks ugly. But Pete Carroll's a Hall of Famer. Pete Carroll was a dominant coach for all the SC run and 80% of the Seattle run. So he's a way, the chances that Nathaniel Hackett is ever remotely as good as Pete Carroll, I would say is slim to none. And basically 0%. Would be closer to 0% than 10%. So now Russell's just got all these ideas, well, because he saw Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Well, I, I don't think they have that much in common with him as a player. And mainly just physical size. Like It's just easier for those guys to drop back nonstop because they can see everything. Russell, I've stood next to him, is really small. One of the most remarkable parts about Russell Wilson's career, if you've ever had the chance to just be in the vicinity of him, and I've stood right next to him on sidelines and stuff, is how short he is. It is, I mean, one of the great marvels of the sport that he, a Hall of Famer could be, you know, 5'10", 5'11". I had a buddy who was at his pro day in, at Wisconsin, and everyone loved him. You know, he was beloved in scouting circles. Now, at the time, it was a lot less <clears throat> in vogue 
to draft a short quarterback. Anything under like six, two and a half was laughed at. Remember, John Schneider had to convince Pete Carroll to draft him. Because even Pete, who loves huge players, look at his SC teams. You ever met Matt Leiner or Carson? I know he didn't recruit Carson Palmer, but Mark Sanchez, definitely just the play. Richard Sherman, he likes big players. He, and especially quarterbacks, and he was not into it at first, but he convinced him, changed his career. But this notion in, in 2012 that like it's become much more in vogue. But at the pro day, when Russell was measuring in, right? They measure your hand, they measure your arm, they they get your weight before you do any jumping or throwing. When he hit 5'11, even, because a lot of people thought he was going to measure in at 5'10 and a half or whatever, and that would have been that would have been death. But he measured in at 5'11 even. The story is that the scouts gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> so th- he's a he's a marvel that he was able to pull it off. It, it, it's not, and it, we might not see that many good players at that size ever again, right? Because it's so difficult. Most offensive linemen at minimum are 6'4". It's hard to see. But thinking you're a partner uh, and openly just kind of bragging about it is feels like it's a slippery slope. It, it, it really does. I, I saw it in Hard Knocks, which I, I, I can't recommend it enough. It, it is just a fantastic, just a good football watch. Uh, Campbell, the coaches, the team. It, it's just, it's easy. It makes me smile. It, it's just very enjoyable. It's just Deuce Staley, such a stud. I, I put this out on social media that the Deuce Staley was a fantastic player. I mean, a fantastic player. Yeah, he's a way better coach. He, he was born to be a football coach. He is. That, that's what you call an elite position coach. A guy that cares. A guy that pushes you. A guy that's knowledgeable. The presence. The, the authentic personality. I was around him from day one of his coaching career. And it was clear before he had ever coached a player. When he was just transitioning from being a retired athlete to be a coach. He had it. If you watch that, you'll see it. There was a moment in the Hard Knocks that I think speaks to anyone starting from scratch and definitely any team that's trying to get something going. Aaron Glenn, who's the defensive coordinator, who played in the NFL for a long time, gave Dan Campbell, and if you've ever been, I don't know, I guess maybe some of your high school's work, but when I worked at Fresno State, we did this, and definitely in the NFL. But at Fresno State, Pat Hill was really good about this, and a lot of coaches do this. They let different position coaches and coordinators talk to the entire team during training camp to give a message. And it's just a time, because if you're the defensive coordinator, you're never talking to the offensive line or the running backs, besides like getting to know them and bullshitting with them, but like addressing them from like a serious football standpoint. And Aaron Glenn got up there, and he picked out a couple players. I think one was from Ohio State, and Michael Brockers from LSU. And he hit on something that really resonated with me, because... I think as someone who started several careers from scratch, whether it was getting to the NFL, whether it's radio and then podcasting, when you first start something and it's difficult and you're starting at ground zero and you don't know, like it's not like your parents have ever done it or you know for a fact you're going to have success, it's human nature to be insecure and not be confident about what you're doing. I'm a big believer that confidence is just created by experience of success. Like, the more success you have doing something, the more you're able to be confident about doing it, right? <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady walks into an NFL game and believes he's going to win because he's won, like, 200 of them. Tiger Woods, like, I believed I was going to win every golf tournament I've been to. Well, of course he does. He's been winning them for 35 years. Why, why would he not think that way? doesn't mean you're always going to have success, but when you've had a lot of success at whatever you're doing, whether it's selling cars or playing NFL quarterback, you're going to believe you can continue to be successful if you keep doing what you've been doing. But a lot of time, losing teams, they haven't been winning. So how do they know how to win? And Aaron Glenn looked at the different players, the Ohio State guy and Michael Brockers, and he kind of asked them, like, do you guys remember when you were in college? And he said, how many games did you lose your last season there? And they both said one. I think that both their teams went like 13-1. and one. And he said, did you ever go onto a field thinking you were going to lose? And they, you know, of course, of course they didn't. You played LSU, you played Ohio State, you played Alabama, you play at Georgia, you play at USC with Pete, you know, you play at Oregon with Chip. The top teams, when they're humming, 
and, and some of these programs like Oklahoma or, you know, whatever, have been humming Ohio State for a long time. So you show up at the program. If you get recruited, you're like, all we're going to do is win. Why would you think anything differently? And a lot of guys then come into the NFL and start losing, right? I, I, I said this uh, when Cam Hayward came on the show. You know, he played Ohio State. He played in national championship. I think he won one as well. Maybe he didn't win it, but he definitely played in it. He had a lot of success in college. And then he got to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude has never been a part of losing. Now he's lost games, and he hasn't always made the playoffs in Pittsburgh, and they've lost in the playoffs, but he's never had a losing season since at Ohio State and then Pittsburgh. But one thing I remember talking to him about was like, think how many of your teammates that you played with at Ohio State or guys that come after you just go to shitty teams. You know, Garrett Wilson, where does he go? Jets. What are the chances that they're going to win a lot of games? Not high. So all of a sudden, you just start losing. And when you start losing, it's easy to get in the habit. Like when things start going negatively, you know, you kind of forget about it. And to me, teams like the Lions, you look around the Texans, the Jags, some of these teams that have been losing, the only way to break the habit, you can practice the right way. You watch the Lions, hard knocks, you go, God, these guys try hard. Feels like they're a cohesive bunch. Feels like they have a lot of serious players. Just a pretty impressive operation. But if you told me, are they more likely to have a top five pick or be seven and nine or seven and ten or eight and nine? I'd be like, probably a top five pick. Because it's so hard to break out of that. And unless you can break out of that early, like get some early wins, it's hard to ever change it. And I, you know, the only way to break the streak and to not be a loser is you got to find a way to be success, be successful. And the hardest part about football, like I I think most things, right? People often ask me like, how do I get into podcasting or YouTube? Well, you just got to do it every day. Do it, put out content. And if you're good, eventually it'll break. Now it may take a year, may take five years, but if you're consistent with it, it's going to happen. 100% no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't know when, but it will. It's a consistent theme in America. You stay consistent with something that you know, you're talented at, something will happen positively. It might not go as you thought, but it'll happen. That's not the case in sports. You can try really hard, you can practice the right way, and it doesn't guarantee anything. Because in the games, you eventually have to make plays at the right times. And it was a preseason game, but they basically lost the preseason game on a, it wasn't quite a walk-off touchdown, but like the DB blew it. And the guy's probably going to be selling insurance or something. But the point is that if that happens in a regular season, like they play the Eagles week one. Well, it's all fun and games with the Lions until you lose the first game by 10 points and all of a sudden, like, just losing Lions again. Or do somehow you, I mean, I would imagine they're a three or four point underdog in that game. You win that game and then get some positive momentum. Same thing with the Jacks, same thing with the Texans. Like, there's going to be a team this year that has been bad the last several years that has a positive season. And I would imagine most of those teams, something happens early and gets you some positive momentum. I'll never forget the Harbaugh when he showed up at, with the 49ers, they had been terrible. They had been awful for almost a decade. So shitty. Always drafting in the top five. All they did was lose. And he came in, and they won some early games. And the snowball just happened. Now, they had some talent on their team. I'm not saying that the Lions could all of a sudden win like 12 games. But when you get some early wins, when you get a comeback win, when you have some early success it's easy to start believing. It is hard to believe. The messages kind of drown out in anything when it's not working out. You know, I I say this with Brandon Staley and I say it with Nick Saban. You can't talk about the process when the end result is bad. The reason Nick Saban talks about how great his process is because he wins championships. No one would read a business book on a guy that's never made any money and goes bankrupt all the time. There's a reason you would want to know about Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs' process. Why? It worked. I I don't want to read the process on Freddie Kitchens. Even if Freddie Kitchens ran a great practice, no one cares. Or Hugh Jackson. Or Pat Shermer. Or any of the crappy coaches. But if Bill Belichick put out a book just on his process and his practices, everyone would buy it in football. Why? Because it results in positive things and success. So I, I love Darren Glenn's message, and, and he's right. And the, the only way for the Lions to kind of break this curse of being a really, really shitty franchise is they got to win some games. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, 
That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash Active cash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You know, Zach Wilson turns out he doesn't need ACL surgery, right? He's going to be okay. We don't know. You just never know. You know, a lot of times teams are king of this in all sports, and I don't, I don't blame them. And sometimes they don't know, right? A doctor might say he could be ready in four weeks. Turns out to be seven weeks. Now, in football, seven weeks, like all of a sudden he's missing two or three games. And they've been adamant that they're confident in Joe Flacco. And I think one thing coaches do that we're hard on as fans and from the outside is with a starting quarterback, he's got to kind of be the best of both worlds. He's got to be talented. He's got to be been productive. He's got to be football smart. He's got to be coachable. He's got to be a good teammate. He's kind of got to be the total package. But as a backup quarterback, you know, I actually value, not me personally, but coaches, they're more valued, the unquantifiable things. Like Joe Flacco, for example. The Jets love the guy. You, you see some of the quotes from coaches and Sala and even some of his teammates. You, you think they have a Pro Bowl as their backup. Well, when you're a backup quarterback and you conduct yourself as a consistent human being and a hardworking guy, because the quarterback position, part of the reason everyone got on Kyler Murray, it takes more time than the other positions. You watch more film. You do more breakdowns. You're just spending more time with the coach. It just never stops. And even when you're off, it's like, you know, we should probably host a barbecue to get the teammates together. You're just always trying to lead. You're basically the playing version of the CEO, right? The CEO is usually the GM or the head coach, but you're the CEO version for the players. It's exhausting. And uh, it's not exhausting if you if you like doing it and you're good at it. And clearly Joe Flacco is a high-level guy. Knows the offense, uh, has been very successful in the league. Very successful to be strong. Had a successful postseason. 
He's been a good player in the NFL and a player in the NFL who's made a lot of money and been a starting quarterback and played in a lot of games for a long time. And I think sometimes coaches get so close to the person and they love how he acts. They love how he interacts with the young player and they value him more than his actual play is. Because so many times teams prop up the backup quarterback and their team's fan goes, God, this Kyle Shanahan, he loves Nate Sudfeld. Oh my God, they just really love, uh, remember a couple years ago, Jalen Hurts is really impressing. Oh, Joe Flacco. And sometimes young guys, sometimes Colt McCoy, they, they value him so much. And then a lot of times when that guy gets in, he's not very good. But you realize the reason they value him so much is all the stuff that we'll never see. The film, the breakdown, the work ethic, the drive, the commitment, the desire to work at the craft even when you're not playing. Because if you're the backup wide receiver, like you can't be loafing because ultimately you're going to play. If you're a backup linebacker, you, you, at minimum, you're playing on special teams. Like if you're a backup quarterback, there is a chance. If your quarterback is completely healthy, and depending on how a blowout goes, you may never take a regular season snap all season long. You dress every single game. You're standing there. You work as if you're going to play, and you never cross those white lines once the game starts to take a snap all season. 17 games, you stand there on the sideline. So, you know, when you think about it, while you're playing in practice, you're actually much closer to a coach than a player. Because every player dressing non-backup quarterback, <clears throat> most of them get some reps. If I tell you that a defensive lineman dresses 17 games, minimum he's getting averaging seven to eight snaps a game. If I tell you a DB dresses 17 games, he's playing on special teams, worst case scenario, assuming they never have any injuries in games. It's unavoidable. Yet at quarterback, you may never play a snap. Here's the thing, though. Once you anoint these guys, like we've seen Joe Flacco play. He's just kind of a guy. He can't really move. He's got a big arm. He's also 37 years old. Uh, I, I actually commend that I thought once he left the Ravens, his career would be over. And somehow, he's just kind of kept it afloat. It's very, very impressive. But I think sometimes coaches get so close to it. I mean, they teach us in scouting don't watch the player before you get the character because it clouds your judgment. Now it's impossible as a coach because you're dealing with these players to not gravitate toward high level guys. Most coaches, the reason they like drafting overachievers, good guys, high character dudes, because you're spending all the time with these players. Would you rather spend some time with some fucking loser or some high level guy? Now the problem is when that high level guy can't play, yeah, it's great spending time with him Monday through Saturday, but he gets you fired on Sunday. And sometimes that guy that drives you nuts, who's late to practice, who loafs, you know, makes some big boy plays, you know, against the Bills or the Chiefs. So it's like, you kind of got to deal with it. There's a balancing act. But I understand, because as a human being, I think we would all much rather deal with the more consistent human being. The hard part is, sometimes it's hard to find good backups, you know, in the NFL. And uh, it's if Zach Wilson misses a couple games, they've gone all in on Joe Flacco. I, I I I think that could be weird and ugly quick. Could be wrong. You know, maybe he just has a couple more moments. But it's banking on a lot, man. And and last but not least, I, I saw <clears throat> Andrew Brandt, who uh, negotiated Aaron Rodgers' contract back in the day. He loves to tell you about it for the Green Bay Packers, and he's a sports business guy. He's worked in the NFL for a while, and now he kind of covers it for SI and stuff. Just tweeted out this um, thing today, that annual, annual media revenue. One thing that I say all the time, and I think we've lost touch of, is the sport of football. I, I hear sometimes, what about the lacking of attendance? This is not 1996. This is not 2007. The sport is not as dependent on butts in the seats. So if you tell me there's a 10% decline in attendance, let's just hypothetically say in 2022, there is a 10% decline in attendance in the NFL. I tell you, it's not where they make their money. They make their money from you and me sitting on our couch and watching the game because the annual NFL revenue is $10 billion per year. For example, baseball and basketball, 2.6 and 1.9. Well, the Big Ten now is over a billion dollars a year. And I was driving home. My mom had a little health scare, and I was home. She's doing good. I, was, I went home, and I was driving back early this morning on Thursday. 
And I was listening. I, I flipping Mad Dog Radio on, and there's a fill-in for like Adam Shine. And they had Brett McMurphy, who covered the sport. And the guy asked him, what value do you think USC and UCLA brought to this deal? And McMurphy thought somewhere between 15 and 20%, 15 and 20% added value to this deal. So if it's a billion dollars, give or take, but you know, it's a couple hundred million dollars. It was a really big deal to add those two. And, you know, with the live golf, with the NFL CBA, we're just constantly talking about how much the money is impacting the sport. And ultimately, like money's all relative. Now, you could say relative to what it was 20 years ago, it's way bigger. It does feel like someone making $10 million 20 years ago, even with inflation, like $50 million, whether inflation's riding high or not, that's a lot of money per year. I mean, some of the contracts getting divvied out are enormous, right? But never forget, Alex Rodriguez signed for $250 million 20 years ago. Michael Jordan, I think, made $28 million, $30 million, his 1998 for the Chicago Bulls. So athletes and the top guys have always made, relative to society, a stupid amount of money. And we're cool with it. The only time that I feel like we rip on it is like Russell Westbrook making $50 million. Got guys at the local Y that are better shooters. You're allowed to get made fun of when you're terrible at your job and you're overpaid. That would happen if you found out that someone that you consumed in media that you thought was a joke made $25 million, you would make fun of them. Hell, it happens now. People that don't like Skip or Stephen A or Colin or whatever start ripping on they're overpaid. Welcome to life. But I also think we're a little nostalgic. Listen, I grew up in California watching the Pac-10. It's now the Pac-12, but it's actually the Pac-10 again because those schools are gone. Technically not yet, but uh, still the Pac-12 for a couple years, but will be the Pac-10, assuming the Pac-10 survives, which I don't think it will. But I think we get very nostalgic, like it has to be like this. And I'm guilty too. And I started thinking, when I was a kid, the San Francisco Giants were in the same division as the Atlanta Braves. How does that make any sense? The San Francisco 49ers were in the same division with the Atlanta Falcons. How does that make any sense? It didn't. But you know what? I watched, and I enjoyed it. And then they changed divisions. And they used to be rivals with them, and now they're rivals with the L.A. Rams. Who used to play in Seattle? Or excuse me, St. Louis. But before that, we're in a, Like, I, I just think we kind of become... As things change, we adapt. Yeah. Is it going to be weird that, that, that USC is going to be playing Wisconsin consistently and not Oregon State? Yeah, it will be a little bit. But in five years, we won't talk about it anymore. It wasn't that long ago before I got to Fresno State. Fresno State played in a conference with schools like BYU and Utah. Well, BYU obviously jumped up, and Utah now is the Pac-12 champion. Things change. And you know what we say about Utah? What a high-level program. They went toe-to-toe with Ohio State at the Rose Bowl. How cool is that? 15 years ago, you'd been like, Utah's going to try to play in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12? That's stupid. No, it actually isn't. They went to the Rose Bowl. And if it wasn't for injuries, they're probably Pac-12 championship. I saw Ryan Day said that's one of the best teams they've played in years. So this notion, like, money is a huge part of everything. It's I, I love the sport of golf, and Liv has thrown a huge curveball in it. But isn't that kind of society? Aren't you, whatever you're doing, always trying to make a little bit more money? Now it seems a lot more if you're trying to make, if you make 90K and are trying to make 120K, and you see this guy, they used to make 500 million in revenue, go to, it's not like we can relate. But I don't think, I think we're kind of numb to it. I don't think we really care. And I think everyone acts like it's all, it's just going to ruin sports. No, it won't. If you give me good events, the golf, for example, Will Zalatoris won last week. I was glued to my television. If the Major League Baseball playoffs are the, the Yankees, the Dodgers against the cheating Astros and the Cardinals and the Mets, and it's just awesome, do you think anyone will care that there are six playoff teams now? There, there used to be four total. You just go right to the CSs. <laughs> that, that happened like in the 90s. And then they added teams, and they've, now they've added more. You know what no one will care about? If the games are good. If you tell me USC is, becomes a powerhouse in football and they play awesome games against Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, no one will care in like 10 years. It'll feel normal. The world is much flatter. I was, I was playing golf with my buddy Brian last week. And, you know, was, this is like, you know, in 2023 will be my 20-year high school reunion. 
I, I graduated high school when you know next spring, 20 years ago. That is insane. I feel old as hell. And we were talking like <clears throat> we played in high school football against some guys that played in the NFL. And, and Kyle Williams, who went to USC in the peak of Pete, Kyle Devan, who played at Oregon State and was a lineman in uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, I think now he's coaching in college. And I remember Vacaville is probably 25 minutes away from where I grew up. And I remember junior and senior year in high school, we would just talk about, heard there are some blue chippers at Vacaville. I wonder what they look like. I wonder how they play. This is less than 20 years ago. We, we didn't see him. We didn't know him. I remember one of our best players went to a camp and like, this guy's a freak. And it was like a guy from Fresno who was going to USC. His name was like Thomas Hancock or something. Might have been a, kind of into some juice. But, it, but now, every player knows every player. If there was a player down the street from me, I would just go to Google. Everything's so flat. I would know about the dude in Florida, about the dude in New York, let alone the guy down the street from me. So the world changes. And do I love it? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish they would stay. But I, when I say that, I, I, I wish it didn't have to come to this. But it has. And as someone that wanted West Coast football to be a big deal, it just no longer really is. And the only property that really mattered beside USC is Oregon. And let's face it, it feels like Oregon may inevitably end up in the Big Ten as well. Because if I was them, I, I'd be interested. So th- these changes... It, Stuff has always changed. Now, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, haven't moved. Well, they haven't had to. You know, USC didn't have a choice. Do, do you think they ideally wanted to move? If they could have made the same money and stayed on the West Coast, they would have. But it, it wasn't in the cards. And sometimes things aren't in the cards. Or sometimes things naturally have to change. Like, why are the 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons in the same division? Why are the San Francisco Giants and the Atlanta Braves in the same division? How does this make any sense? And you look back, you go, made no sense. <laughs> this is moronic. It's it's pretty dumb. And it changed. And, you know, at the time, it was probably like, what are we doing? But now they just play the Padres and the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like the 49ers, who do they play? Seattle, uh, who I'm pretty sure was in the AFC way back in the day. Uh, the Rams, the Cardinals. <laughs> and it feels very normal. And it's very geographically uh, easy for them. It's not going to be geographically easy for USC and UCLA. But when you pay them that much money, like we all get to a point of what is your number? And the number was so high, it was like, yeah, we'll send the uh, we'll send the baseball team to play Iowa in uh, in April. It's worth it for us, even though we'll lose money on every single baseball, soccer, uh, every sport beside men's football and UCLA basketball. We will lose money, but we're cool with it because the number was so high, right? It was like ultimately Dustin Johnson did not want to go to live. He told them originally to kick rocks. And then they're like, how about $175 million? He's like, I'm in. (laughs) And it was no different than this. When Fox and all these media entities, CBS or whoever's, you know, CBS, NBC, I guess there's several, came to the Big Ten and say, if you get USC and UCLA, this is going to be your annual revenue. And they all like, okay, cool. Done deal. USC, UCLA, we're in. And uh, that's where we're here. And that's that's continue how sports is going to go. The money is just too big. Subscribe to the podcast. Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff. Fire in those DMs. Adios. Talk to everyone soon. See you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 